Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Mom deserves the best and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hello, I'm Mayhem. Hello, I'm Chaos. And our happiness is egg-shaped. Happiness is egg-shaped and loves a circle with no end. Happiness is egg-shaped and loves a circle with no end. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Happiness Is podcast with me, your host, Bruce Aitchison from Happiness Is Egg-Shaped. I hope you're enjoying the story so far and today, if this is your first time, you have chosen an absolute belter to be part of. This lady has stormed onto the scene and is getting big write-ups from all over the place. And in the little bits that I know, I am so excited. And when I've spoken to her, she is a power of positivity. And I am really looking forward to this. And I hope you enjoy it too. Arriving on these shores from far, far away, joins a local club just to get to know people, then becomes an international rugby player, then takes over Twitter, makes her mum a superstar who goes viral and has people talking about her all over the show for being a British lion, if that was a chance. I am really, really looking forward to this. So without any further ado, let's bring in the lady who's known by her initial CB. It's Christine Belil. Hello. Hi. What an end or what a welcome. My goodness. Well, you have you have earned it. And I'm loving I'm loving the kitchen. I like the brickwork. You like that. I know. I like that. (laughs) Now that that accent for a Scotland international does not sound Glasgow, Hoyk, or Aberdeen. So where on earth are you from? So I grew up in a place called Peterborough, and I know that I'm gonna get roasted for saying it like that. But mine is Peterborough. Yeah. I know there's one here, and I will fully call it Peterborough. I've been there, actually. 
but that's where I grew up. Um, spent like the majority of my life, traveled around a little bit, and then cruised on over here to Sunny Govan. Cruised on over here to Sunny yeah. Govan and fell in love with Glasgow town. What was it made you think this is the place for me? That's a good question. I think um, it. I know that there's like signs plastered over the place that say people make Glasgow, but it is real. Like there's just a charm about it. And I think because I had traveled around and had always, I always say like I have like itchy feet, like I couldn't feel settled. Like, um, and then when I got to Glasgow, there was something that just felt like peaceful and at home and I could see myself actually putting down roots. Um, I think, yeah, it is just a different vibe that suited me. Glasgow is a yeah. great city. And where, where did you go? And so you leave, you leave Canada, you mm. go to travel. Did you have a plan or did you just see where the road took you? Sort of, yeah. So I had come over to Glasgow the first time in 2013, I think. Uh, a friend of mine was getting married. So... I came over for their wedding um, and then I just sort of backpacked around the UK for about a month and a half. So like went up north, um, actually took a trip over to Ireland as well and then ran out of money. So came back to Canada and then worked in a few different places. So I actually went to university for a semester in Canada, went to Nova Scotia, then went out to the West Coast and worked in a place called Lake Louise for like a year, um, saved up money and actually ended up calling my friend um, who had come over here with me in the like the first time and was like, listen, I want to go traveling again. I think I'm either going to go back to the UK or like Australia. And she was like, if you go back to the UK, I'll come with you. And I was like, well, that's it. And like a week later, we had tickets. And because I've got an Irish passport, it means that I had no restrictions in terms of like how long I had to uh, to stay here or whatever. Um, but she was on a visa. So her visa expired after two years. And she was like, well, like, what are we doing next? And I was like, well, I'm going to stay here. <laughs> um, yeah. And so I, I moved over here in 2015 um, and have since, like, obviously traveled a little bit more of Scotland again. But obviously, like, Ryanair makes life so easy. So have been traveling more of Europe. And um, Does Ryanair make life easy or does well, Ryanair make travel yeah. cheap? Yeah, easy, accessible, comfortable, not sure, like, but it's much cheaper than flying from Canada to Europe. So yeah. if I have to sit in a seat that makes my knees come up to my chest, but spend a tenner on it, I'll do that, you yeah. know? And, and Canada is huge. Yes. So being involved in a sport like rugby, which is not the number one game in town, what made you find that game? I mean, there's there's so much on offer. It's mm -hmm. not quite in the the front of everyone's mind in Canada. So what made you fall in love with the game? Um, so I was a really shy kid growing up. I didn't want to play team sports. So I started figure skating, eventually got into synchro figure skating and my school friends did rugby. I had, as soon as I got to high school, so I was like 13 or 14, all of the coaches were like trying to scoop me up for lacrosse, for rugby, for ice hockey, like, because I was naturally athletic, they were like, we need this girl on our team, but I could not get into a team setting. Even if it was with all my friends, I was just like, I was an anxious kid. So my mom actually told me the other day that um, 
I mean, I had said I never really wanted to get into team sports because I didn't want to be not good at something. And we were talking about this the other day and she was like, I don't think that you remember, but going into high school, I was also going to have like a music class and I would be playing alto saxophone. And before I even got to high school, I actually signed up for lessons before that because I didn't want to go in to my first class as a beginner. And so that I mean, I had no idea. I fully forgot about that. But I think that that carried over a lot into sport. And um, it wasn't until my second year of high school where all I had seen all of my friends did it, loved it. Um, we were going on tour to Ireland. So I was like, right, okay, I'll just dip my toe in, <laughs> see how it goes. And I mean, I've said this before, but like there's just no community like a rugby community, I think. Um, and I, I did catch onto it quite quickly. I mean, I'm a very physical person. So the contact bit for me was like great because again, I was always much bigger, taller, stronger than a lot of the girls around me. So I was playing 12, but I was probably much stronger than like my opposition. So I always felt like I had that advantage. Um, and yeah, I just think that like being able to see what my body could do in that setting also made me fall in love with it. Like it became much greater than um, just a sport. It was like actually showing you what you can do. The community It's just like fun. So fun. Much more okay, fun. And, and amen. We're done. That is the lesson, ladies and gentlemen. Before you do now. <laughs> that is gold. Now, can I rewind that? Because I'm not sure I get that. An anxious kid is willing to be a figure skater. There can be very few more exposing things to do than figure skating. Because if you fall on your ass, you have literally fallen on your ass. Yeah, no, you're totally right. But I think because, I mean, growing up in Canada, you learn to skate before you learn to walk. And I wasn't going to play ice hockey because, again, I didn't want to be on a team. Like, I just didn't want to have that pressure of other people on me. Um, and But where I used to ice skate, like my, this is going to be so Canadian, my dad was the general manager of the ice rink. So... <laughs> It was a small town, and so it wasn't like there was loads of pressure or crowds. Like, I never, until I was, like, a little bit older and more comfortable in my ability, did I ever compete. And even then, I never really did. It was more just, like, that was something for me to do three nights of the week after school because I could walk there when I was finished school, and it kept me busy. Um, but it wasn't ever, like, an environment where... I had loads of eyes on me and I think that that's where it was comfortable was it kept me active. It kept me busy. So my mom could get work done, but it wasn't like I was, yeah, it was very rare that I ever would, would compete. And I even remember we used to do um, a year end like show where all of the kids of all age groups would put on a show for like our community. And we're talking, there's like, it was only parents in the stands. So there was like maybe a hundred people there maybe and some of them were like under the age of 12 because they were the siblings of us like watching um but i remember my coach used to be like oh like let's get you doing a solo like you've worked so hard this year and i refused to go out by myself so i made one of my friends come with me we did like a pair like i just wouldn't do it by myself i was so shy like the idea of having eyes on me was like not a good time but obviously 
<laughs> things are getting more comfortable because <laughs> we're the Th things are getting more comfortable. It's hard to imagine CB as a shy kid because you seem so assured and confident speaking here. You've obviously had some success that has brought limelight that has had people watching. So it's amazing to see or hear you talk about this, this transformation. I'm intrigued by the anxiety bit because there are, there are people hopefully listening to this or watching this who maybe have it themselves or have a kid who is a bit anxious and, and a bit reluctant to get involved. And it's all very well telling somebody you'll be okay. Just give it a go or, don't be anxious. It's fine. Uh, you can you can get it wrong. What was it that that made you get over that final hurdle of okay, I'm going into a team environment? I don't think I ever actually got over it. If I'm honest, like there are still um, like times where I do feel anxious or I do feel that like weight on my chest that comes. But I think as I've gotten older. I've become more aware of what that feels like. And I can acknowledge that that's just what it is, that it's not my reality. So it's almost like disconnecting myself from it. It doesn't make it any better in that moment, but it does help me almost like come back to the surface a little bit more. I think when I was younger though, it was really challenging because I didn't know like how to deal with it. And my mom is anxious as well. so she knew that that's what was happening, but we both didn't know how to communicate, how to deal with those times. So I think growing up, um, it was definitely more difficult, but I did have a lot of good like coaches and parents around me that when I was maybe dealing with a more anxious day, whether that was a whole day, because anxiety isn't just a 10 minute anxiety attack. It can be a week long feeling, right? Um, but when I was dealing with those days, it was very much just like accepting that that's how you were feeling and not expecting any different, like just acknowledging that you feel that way. And if there's anything that I can do to support you, like, let me know. But if we want to just, for me, the best thing was let's just carry on as we would, like, let's just pretend everything's fine because the second you ask me, are you okay? I am going to cry <laughs> for the whole day and I just need to pretend that it's all good. Um, so yeah, as a, as a child, it was a lot more difficult, but I think um, it became easier to get into team environments because of the support I had around me and just accepting that that's who I was. And, and to, to me, listen, listening to this, um, there's so much and, and you've sparked so many things in my head because to, to look at you and to read your story, there is nothing in there to indicate that you have anxiety. Absolutely nothing. You've traveled, you've set up home in, let's face it, Glasgow. There, there could be calmer places to, to settle down in. You've done things on your own. You've taken on a sport that has, you know, thrust you into the limelight. So, it's not until I can hear you talk that, that I know these things and you're ob you've obviously found a way to manage this that works for you. When you spoke about the saxophone, is part of managing your anxiety to work hard? 100%, 150%. Like, I think that is a huge thing. It's almost like overworking because then I know that I'm doing everything I can to get 
when I get into that environment, that's going to make me feel uncomfortable. I have ticked every box so that I can at least show up a little bit more confident because more often than not, when I show up in a new like environment, it almost like feels as though I'm overcompensating for that anxiety. So when I first started like training with the Scotland girls and even when I got to the Cartha, like when I got to Cartha, there were some of my, like some of my closest friends now at Cartha have openly said to me, like when you showed up, we thought like, I thought you were too big for your boots, which is completely fair. But I think it, now that they know me and they understand, like, I am actually just here to have fun with my friends, like, but coming on with such energy or enthusiasm um, is a lot of the times coming from a place of trying to overcompensate for anxiety. So I'm choosing like the lighter, more fun side than allowing myself to get so worked up in nerves that I can't communicate properly or like do anything because it, it can be like crippling. So I have just chosen to be almost too much and then I can get settled in. And I do think that's why a lot of people are like, I would have had no idea that you deal with anxiety. And it's like, cause I'm, it's very much like a, fake it until I can be comfortable sort of thing you know and that that really interests me because I'm a teacher I'm a parent I've been a coach and still am a coach and trying to figure why that person is the way they are and sometimes that big personality is actually hiding a, a bit of a lack of confidence when I started this and um, big handsome Sean said has been at me for ages to start a podcast and I, I dragged my heels and Mark Beaumont the cyclist I, I contacted him and said listen I, I'm going to start a podcast I was lacking the confidence before and now I think I've got the confidence to do it and his reply to me was I never had you down as somebody who lacked confidence and that the way to manage that is by being hopefully very positive trying to be personable and you're right there probably is a bit of overcompensating and it's interesting to hear you talk about that not just in physical training of lifting weights and practicing your skills but you actually did it in your relationships so did you feel that being Canadian did you have another bit to prove there as well walking into a club in Glasgow I don't I don't think so honestly I think um as I mean especially at club level um we were just happy to get girls in. Like that's what is great about the rugby community. It's everybody is welcome. I never once felt like you're not from here. You don't belong here. If anything, it was like, please come play with us. We need, we need the numbers. We need the, <laughs> so it's, I've, I've never felt anything but like a very warm welcome, which is exactly what I had hoped for. Yeah. And, and what a club to do it. So before, before I leave the ice skating, there's been a couple of these podcasts where ideas have come into the head and I, I'm trying to get a documentary made with the England women that won the World Cup squad because we've had Rocky Clark and Tamara Taylor on and, and we had such a good time. I would love to see half an hour with you on ice with Rona Lloyd, uh, Helen Nelson, uh, Lana, uh, Megan Gaff. I'd like to see Scotland on ice. I think that that's the best idea you've ever had. Please. I personally will get us leotards, like figure skating. Yes. yes. Oh my gosh, that's the best idea. Yes, yeah. please. Se lots of sequins. Lots yeah. of sequins. Chloe, oh, Chloe, Chloe Rowley has to do it. 
it, she would just. She's gonna fight me tooth and nail, but I think if there's one person that could convince her, it would be me. <laughs> but you know, I reckon Chloe Rowley's that bloody good at everything. I bet yeah, she would so nail it. She would 100%. nail it. One hundred percent. Scotland women on ice with the big finale. Bernie Brian Eason uh, to finish it off. Yes. Oh my gosh. That's <laughs> we're doing it. When we finish this up, we'll just make a few calls. Yeah. We'll see what we can do. Yeah. yeah. I like it. I, th I think that's that. I'm just giving the SRU some content here. Half yeah. an hour. Yeah. Scotland on ice. That is brilliant. Yeah. <laughs> So you, you're, you're playing rugby in Canada and we were chatting before off stage and uh, or off screen. And I was talking about as a kid, I went to Canada on a rugby tour to your area of Canada, to Ontario, which is absolutely mm -hmm. beautiful and is a bit of a hotbed of rugby. There, yeah. there, And there's some stunning rugby pitches in that part of the world with just the Canadian scenery that is, is quite similar to here, but just because it's different, it got me quite excited. Yeah. What, what do people now say to you from back home? Does it, does it register that you're now playing international rugby for Scotland? Yeah. So I actually still um, get, so after the, our six nations just there, I've had messages through from like old coaches, like players that I used to play with, like my, my, whole club has like shared videos and clips on like their Instagram page. Cause, cause I play for a team or I play for a team called Peterborough Peggins. Um, and yeah, I think for the people, like for the dads, especially because they always watch it with their like younger kids. Um, I get lots of messages from like just the boys that I used to play with or at my club, because for us, every Saturday was super Saturday. So the men's seconds would play, then the women's first would play and then the men's first would play. And then it would just be a beer up because that's what yeah. clubs are. Um, but so now like a lot of the boys that played in my club are now dads. Um, so they're like bringing up their like young kids and I get loads of messages from them just cause it's almost like you can't believe that I'm here. Like I can't believe that I'm here. Yeah, it's wild. <laughs> it, is, it is wild. And there's the next the next TV show you're going to be on are the cameras. And I've got this picture of Peterborough with the big welcome home CB. Oh, my gosh. The, the, the bunting up, everybody yeah. on the side of the street, you going through and some kind of – You you coming through in some open-top Jeep just waving yeah. in your Scotland kit, just giving it this one. And then arrive at the club, there's the pig on the spit, there's beers there, and everybody's that there. That's like to, a perfect day. Yeah. I'm, oh I'm, go I'm going to move into event organization. Are, are, you, are you buzzing to go back and see – what it's like is you know we've all got an ego well we might pretend we're not are you are you mad keen to go back to your clubhouse and and present yeah. them with a scotland shirt to to put up and honestly yeah because i wouldn't be here if it wasn't for them you know i even remember like it would be nice to go back just to see like the younger teams and to speak to them because i even remember as like a 14 year old um my coach craig harris uh he brought in one of the women who had actually played for Canada and she came in just to, again, speak to us. And it was, that was the first moment I think that I realized, cause she was this tall, like muscly, just like badass. And I was like, I want to be you. Like that was the first time that I saw what I could be as I grew up because I was taller than everyone. I was naturally athletic. And that was, although I was feeling it in my sport, it was like, wow, I actually, 
should lean into this. And that's what like seeing her is what made that very clear for me. Um, so to be able to go back and not even just show like, look, I have accomplished playing for this international team. Like how cool is this? But also to actually show those young girls who are coming up to like lean into being an athlete and being just like greater than a, a small girl, you know, there's so much to gain from wanting to get big and strong and competitive. And that would be huge. I would, yeah. So, so you had, you had something to almost give you a measure. She walks in and you think, right, I can see that. I can achieve that. She's come from the same place I'm in. So that is achievable. We spoke to Tamara Taylor, who's won the world cup and climbed Everest and is just bloody wonderful. And she said she didn't really need that. She mm. went with her. She didn't think it was something she couldn't do. Whereas when I taught Rona Lloyd, as, as I was telling you, and Rona did everything, absolutely everything. She was in the basketball team. She played rugby. She was football. She danced. She played music. She was just all over the show. She, And I think she was trying to find a place of belonging and where that athlete that was Rona could find somewhere to really excel and and although she ignored her PE teacher who told her mm. that she shouldn't do rugby and she should go and do that, she's now a Scotland international in training with GB sevens. So, cool. so now you guys are becoming those people. And because of social media, you are much more accessible. Do you take that on consciously as a role? Um, I think that I'm a lot more conscious of there are, little eyes on me and on us. Like, I think that is something that we have discussed as a squad, but I have always believed in like leading by example. So whether, cause again, like whether it be younger kids growing up to play rugby or like the clients that I work with, I need to lead by example. So although uh, I don't think the things that I put out, it's like a conscious decision. I am very aware of, how it can impact or look or whatever. So I guess like yes and no, if that makes sense. Yeah. Cause you hear, you hear some people say, no, I'm a player. And I, and the reason I'm in this position is because I'm good at, I'm good at what I do and it's my job. Whereas others say similar to what you've said, I know people are watching and I know that I can create an impression on them and, and it's up to me what I do with that. I find that the, the growth of the women's game now is, has been fantastic because the athletes have been accessible through largely through social media, especially over the last two years where we've not been able to come and watch in person. Yeah. How have you found social media has helped to improve the image of women's sport or improve the profile of players and athletes that you think is going to benefit the next generation? I think it's huge. I think it is massive because it is such a resource for people all over, because it's not like there are just people in Scotland who are watching us. Like young kids all over the world want to watch rugby and want to connect with their players. And I think the more that we we put out as just like players and people, I do think that there's more eyes on us because you buy into a person, not just a team as a whole. You know, that's why there are loads of big personalities and 
why like kids have favorite players or whatever, or why they may be even want to watch us play because they've seen this person do something funny on social media or whatever. It's huge to grow our game. Like, to spread awareness of when we're even playing. Cause half the time, like I've got friends in Canada who want to watch and if they can't get a hold of me, now there's like a much easier way to get a stream or to get information about it. And if we didn't have that, then it, I mean, we wouldn't be getting anywhere. So it, it's massive for sure. And you, you go along to a club like Cartha who through this period of lockdown have, I mean, club of the month in rugby world magazine, the, the the stuff that's going on at that club is absolutely superb community based into the schools at Sean's Academy and doing all that great, great work. And they have hashtag Cartha daft, which I absolutely love because Cartha are daft. Yeah. You, you go into that club and you know, you offer something to them because they want numbers. Mm. And the, the youth section there, a couple of years ago, I was there at finals day when the, the girls lost in the under-18 final against a very strong Stirling County team that now have internationals come from that. And I'll never forget Sammy, who was playing at number eight, who's just a little powerhouse. I mean, she, she is immense. So how, how much does she, have you got some of the younger girls picking you for info and what do I do and what do you advise? Yeah, I mean, like, obviously, I've not been down in the last wee while, because when we're in a bubble, that's sort of the thing. But um, whenever when I was able to train consistently with them, like, I want all of those girls to push to be where I am, because I do see so much talent in, like, so many of them. Um, so we do, like, I do get a lot of questions just about, I mean, whether it be like a positional thing or... I don't know, dominant attack or ball carry, whatever, but it is just more about like attitude, I think. And also the work that goes on behind the scenes is a huge thing, right? Rugby is a lot more fun when you are fit, but no one likes to do the fitness. So that is a hard pill to swallow, but that's a lot, like a lot of what I do try to bring for them. Like they can come do fitness with me anytime. Please come down with me. Please don't make me do these runs by myself, right? Because, I mean, fitness is a lot more fun with friends. Um, but, yeah, whenever I'm there, it's always a push to try to get them to push their game. Because whether or not they make it to the international stage as well, it's still going to elevate our team as a whole and kind of set the standard for the younger girls that are kind of going to come in as well because we want to continue to push it. So we're playing our best at all times. And you, you went to Cartha and I've read in another interview that you did to say that one of your memories, your, your fondest memories was surviving relegation with Cartha. Yes. So someone who has a bit of anxiety all of a sudden is at a new club and has to help them win their last game of the season to stay up. Was that like winning a cup final? It, yeah, it was very important. It was very, very important because I think we had been working so hard and there were games that we just weren't showing what we were training like. We weren't showing the athletes that we had or the skill set that we had. So it was more than just avoiding relegation. It was also our last opportunity to actually show each other that we have put so much work into development 
we have to show up on the day. And we did. And obviously not being relegated is like the icing on the cake. Um, yeah, it was super important. But I think it was that moment of like, oh, we actually are a squad. Like we actually can Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Do the thing. We just have to show up and do the thing. So I'm excited to see where that will go. Like, cause it, it was almost like you could feel mindsets actually like shift on that day. So to see where that will go is very exciting. I, I love that. And the way you've put that across, you've spoken about, I want to lead and I've been a leader and, the way you're talking there, it sounds like you weren't focused on surviving relegation. You were focused on performing well. Yeah, hundred uh, percent. Like, be like seeing it because that's where I would get most frustrated. Obviously, I don't like losing. No one likes losing. I get very sad and mad when we lose. But for me, more of the frustration comes from if if you're not doing your best, I get annoyed at myself. If I look back and think, Oh, I definitely could have been working harder. I definitely could have been doing more, but I think it's also, you set the standard for yourself, but you also have to expect the highest standard from your teammates, whether it is international or club level, because that's how we're going to push our limits and actually continue to push the game. So that was a huge game because you could actually see people were playing out of their skin and so to be able to walk away from it and be like okay we took the win but also like each and every single person showed up and did everything they could that meant more than the actual win itself I think for sure the the coaches at Cartha must have thought Christmas birthday and Easter had all <laughs> arrived in one day because they we've got a Canadian girl coming down oh great we've got a Canadian girl coming down this is a rugby club this is not an ice hockey club and then you walk in at what what point did they tap you on the shoulder and say, could you play for Scotland? Would you like to play for... Is How, how did that conversation happen? Because to me, I know Cartha, um, the, the funny-shaped posts that probably made you feel at home. Um, to, to hear that in that situation, when really you'd rocked up to meet people, play a game you love you know put down even deeper roots in a in a space you've decided is the future for you and then for someone to come along and and give you that what well firstly what happened and secondly what was the feeling so basically what happened was i think we had maybe done our our first season or like even half of the season um, and that was when scotland was still doing east v west games to sort of as a means of 
selection to get girls into the high performance setup, that kind of stuff. Um, so Thomas Davidson, he coaches the men's first now. He great guy. Top, was top actually man. coaching Hills at the time. So I didn't know about him at the time. However, now we're friends. Um, but, <laughs> but he had come to me being like, uh, we should like we should see whether or not you would be eligible to play because you're a very good athlete and it would be a shame for you to not push the envelope and see what you can do. And I was like, okay, <laughs> like, let's see. I don't know if, if we can, we can, but I, I hadn't started rugby again with the intention of playing at the international level. So for me, it wasn't until I realized or was told that that was an option that I really was like, okay, and I'm going to put my foot down and we're going to really go for this thing. But until I was told that I was like, if I'm not, if I'm not, eligible, then I'm not going to be that heartbroken over it. But then obviously, as soon as we found out, um, because I was eligible through residency, because I'd lived here long enough, I decided, okay, well, we don't do anything in half measures. So I actually did, I played in one of the East v West games. And then the following year or summer, um, I had done a sevens camp because that was when um, they just wanted to have more of a look at me. And the week following, or sorry, I was invited then to like camps leading up to autumn tests and that kind of stuff. But I had actually torn my meniscus in our season opener um, for Cartha. So I was unable to attend and that whole year was sort of out for me. But I think knowing as soon as I knew that that was an option, I knew that I had to take it because I am, I very firmly believe in never wanting to look back and think, Oh, I wish I, sh I could have done that. Or what if I had gone for it? So I knew that I was willing to put in all of the work, all of the running, all of the fitness that I needed to do so that I could show up and maybe not be necessarily like the most skilled player that was there, but I refused to be like outworked because I wanted to be selected based on knowing that they could trust me to put the work in. And when I finally like recovered from a little bit of knee which was relatively easy because it wasn't a huge injury, thank God. Um, the following summer, that's when Philip Doyle had taken over and he invited me back and thankfully saw that in me because then I was able to travel with the squad to South Africa and here we are. <laughs> and here we are. What what an event. So you arrive at Cartha as a 12? I played 13 my first <laughs> season. Yes. And yes. then somebody says, do you know it would be a really good idea? How about becoming a prop? So there were more steps between <laughs> then. I, <laughs> if only it was like that. No, so I actually, I started my rugby career when I was 15 or 14 as a 12. And then I moved to eight and played from my club for eight. When I went to uni for the semester, I played there for, and I played eight. Um, and then obviously when I moved over here, our pack was quite strong. And so my coach at the time wanted someone who was just a big running body like if you step on the tracks you're gonna get hit by the train kind of thing at 13 that was me so it was 13 trash ball all day like you know that the ball's not going into the wing I'm not passing the ball I would only carry the ball so 
quickly they were like, right, we actually need to do more with our backs. And if CV's only going to run into people, we need to make a change. And I was like, I told you that at the very beginning. Like, I am not a back, but I love that you thought that. So then I was moved um, back to the forwards, my safe space, um, and played anywhere back row. Would usually play eight, would play either of the flanks if I needed to. Like, again, I've always just said, like, I'm just happy to play. Like, I just want to be on the pitch. So wherever you want to put me, I don't care. I just want to play. Um, and then when I got to the Scotland setup, I was being looked at more as a second row. Um, but my first, uh, like, I got my first two caps in South Africa, which was wild. Um, but, like, in terms of autumn tests or Six Nations, like, I didn't play. And so there was a discussion before all of that, just like a very in passing, calm, nothing real. Like imagine if you played in the like front row and I was like, that would be crazy. And that was the end of that. And then like, and then like a year later, our essence coach, I guess had either gone like, well, had seen my numbers and had gone to my coach being like, it might be a good idea to see if Christine would be willing to move to the front row because I was putting up numbers that our front row were and just, I guess, to see if there would be a good change in what that would look like. So that's when like Brian and Tyrone both approached me being like, Hey, so you said that it would be cool. What do you actually think? And I was like, yeah, I mean, I guess again, I'll see what happens. Like, and they've been very good about it because at first I was like, I, all I want to do is play. I don't want to look back and say, I said no to the opportunity and we would have never known what happened. Um, but they were both very good at like, if it doesn't work, it doesn't work. Like you're still a part of the squad. You are still, so there, as much as there was like pressure on me from myself, there wasn't loads of pressure from them, from them to all of a sudden be able to perform. It was very much just like, okay, well, if you're willing to take this on, let's just kind of see how it goes. So it's been a very like overall easy transition not in terms of like the work and my neck being broken at all times. And like, I've had to have an ear drained. It's been class. <laughs> like in terms of like actually moving there and not feeling like a lot of pressure from anyone, that's been really good for me because again, I put enough pressure. My anxiety puts enough pressure on me as it stands. So to be able to just sort of train, be supported, play, it's made it much easier and it's been fun. Like it's been a lot of fun. <laughs> right. And I need an honesty call here. Scotland show interest. Did you call the Canadian rugby union and say, you'll never guess what's going to happen to me unless you guys get a move on here? No, no, because this is where I live. This is the funny thing. This is where I live. So in the interview, because when you, um, go through the process of whether or not you're eligible you have to actually go in and have like a formal interview to discuss like when did you move you have to show that you've lived Who, here tell, who's on the panel of this interview i need i need to get on this panel i want to be on this panel no honestly but they were like the the one question this is so classic because i actually am such a crier but the one question he goes it was like the last question he was like so you understand if you're selected, like if you were to be selected for Scotland for the team, you would be standing on the pitch singing Flower of Scotland, like for your country, Scotland. How would that make you feel? And I was like, well, cried. Like, and so, because <laughs> it, it, it honestly, it means the world. Like, as much as I grew up in Canada, that's where I was born. 
this is my home. Like Scotland is my home. This is where I live. This is where like, I'm, I'm proud to be. So it wasn't a question of like, Oh, now that Scotland's interested, let me try to pull some strings. It was very much like, I cannot wait to be able to like wear the thistle and be so proud of that. Cause it does mean the world. Even I if I said, like who, who, who taught you flower of Scotland? How did that go? I think you watch one six nations, you know, all the anthems. Don't you? <laughs> right. Okay. Please sing us the Welsh national anthem. No, I oh won't my, make you do I, I would make never. You not much of a performer. So. <laughs> yeah. Well, we Tim Tim Visser's a buddy of mine, and he quite often tells a story about how he was never able to sing "Flower of Scotland," and the boys used to take the Mickey out of him and always ask him to sing it, and he was hopeless. So I'm pleased to hear that you took that one more seriously than Visser did. Hundred percent. It is the best. That's the best part of it. Well, it's not the best part of it, but it's a really good part of it. Now, you've you've taken opportunities, and it, to me, it sounds like you're a. I'm not going to regret something I did. I'll regret things I I didn't do. You arrive at the time, and they say, right, we're now going on tour to South Africa. I mean, come on, your timing could not have been any better. <laughs> I didn't know <laughs> this is all like when I had started training the summer, that was all sort of chat. I didn't feel at that time, like at the beginning that I was really even in the squad yet. So it, when there were whispers of South Africa and that tour, like I had no expectation that I would be there. Like that was not, I was just there to continue to progress, to put my name forward. Um, but there I mean, when I did get the email come through saying that I had been selected to go, I was like, this is insanity. This is wild. <laughs> so, you know, very good timing for sure. But it was just like the best experience because I think it really allowed me to like mesh with the squad, feel as though I was actually a part of it as well. And was like a huge experience for like developing as a player too. And those those relationships, uh, I know quite a few of the, the girls in the Scotland squad and I have no idea what it must be like going on tour. Uh, I, I mean, touring is an amazing thing about the game and, and not all sports have tours. Rugby does and tends to do them very well. Who did you go on that tour with and you came back thinking that person is just off the chart amazing? Or who who did you think, oh my God, I could never live with you? <laughs> that's a good question I don't think there's anyone that I like didn't get on with genuinely like we all are I mean you're all so similar and so different um but there was never anyone that you never really got on with but I don't know if there was anyone that was also like my favorite human after South Africa since then she'll want me to say this Louise McMillan has become my like Glasgow wife <laughs> we spent a lot of time together. We also live across the river from each other. So she'll be happy to hear a little shout out to Louise. But, um, but Louise yeah. is not going to be happy with your attitude towards her club, though. She can deal with it. <laughs> Every marriage has its struggles. <laughs> and she's going to have to get over it. But we are, like we always say, so obviously when we train with Scotland, like we've got our regional um areas so we call glasgow we're like the glasgals plus tyrone who we call dad so we're all part of that that's a good gang um but yeah i mean in terms of like picking a favorite louise would like me to say she's my favorite but the reality is 
everybody is so good. Like I do feel like I have a nice little like connection with everyone because that's just what I enjoy doing. I like and, to make friends. <laughs> and Louise is she's had a transition, although it's not quite as far forward as you have, but from back row to middle row and uh, next to her with Emma, who was just amazing in the Six Nations. Yeah. She, like you, had a hell of a tournament. Is the is the front row mafia? Uh, or is it an elite group for coffees and for conversations? <laughs> I don't think so. I would love to call us an elite mafia, though. That sounds so sick. Um, no, I don't think so. Like, I always joke, like, oh, Louise, like, if you want to be me, like, you can just move up one more row. It's not going to happen. Maybe it'll happen. Who knows? Anything can happen. Um, but no, I don't think so. Like, the only real chat that we have that no one else has is how sore your ear is or how sore your neck is or like getting up for breakfast and your back not straightening out right away so if that's what the secret mafia is like i could probably do without those parts but yeah overall it's pretty inclusive which is good who, who do you need subtitles for i would imagine when lisa and chloe and lana get a bit angry you've got no clue what they're saying yeah 100 lana is one Sometimes, but I've gotten really good at listening. I try to have a Glasgow accent or even like a Borders accent sometimes, and I get roasted for it. Um, but I've actually got a good ear. If it was like my dad, he wouldn't have an idea of what they were saying. He'd be like really politely smiling and nodding. But I think of that because I spend enough time with him now, like I've got an idea of what's happening. Or I also just politely smile and nod and laugh and then run. <laughs> Yeah, they're they're a great group. Now yeah, we yeah. we cannot we cannot avoid how fantastically well you performed in mm -hmm. the Six Nations, and you know there's been a lot said, and I see Poppy Cleal has said, you know, we've got amateurs against professionals, and and we need to change that. But even that said, Scotland performed well, and individuals, you know, really became bigger names than they were before yourself and Emma in particular um, really got plaudits and then Maggie picks you in mm -hmm. her team and mum goes nuts and the whole thing goes crazy so how how funny was that how much do you take that in your stride or are you pinching yourself thinking this is this is I think you used insanity it is it is it feels wild like a large part of me feel is like trying to fight off like imposter syndrome I really feel as though like I have just come onto the scene have I earned this and then the other part of my brain is like I know the work that I did before I was even a part of the setup like I had hired my own coach and was doing mass runs by myself was doing speed sessions by myself like I know the work that I put in to get there but there is always that part of me that's like, but you have just shown up. Like you still have so much more to go. Like there are people who have been here much longer than you who have done. And so it's just sort of fighting off that voice and being like, no, I deserve to be here. And just playing that over in my head anytime that imposter syndrome wants to kind of creep up. But it feels very surreal, but it's like also very exciting because I just can't wait to see not just like me as an individual, but like where we are going as a whole, because I think, although obviously <laughs> our match against Italy didn't necessarily show the highlights of what we can do by any means, a lot of what our tournament was 
was great for us and being able to see how positive in, in that direction we're going, like I'm, I cannot wait to see what, what's going to happen because like, if this is just like the tip of the iceberg, it's going to be a wild ride for sure. Well, it's it's been pretty wild so far. Now, Brian Eason is, is your head coach at Scotland. Uh, Bernie's a, a top, top man, comes from great stock. His his dad, Scottish rugby legend, and, and helped so many people. And this week, with the Lions announcement, Stuart Hogg did his Vodafone calling Bernie to say thank you for everything you did and, and had a huge impact. When you see those things, how lucky do you feel to be involved with people like that, that, that are able to help you succeed and, and progress? It, it is everything. Like I wouldn't be here if it weren't for those people who saw something in me and wanted to continue to help it grow and nourish it. Because whether it was like Thomas Davidson putting my name forward for the East V West games or Philip Doyle selecting me for that, um, tour or like obviously Brian and like our SNC coach Alan saying like right we see something in you let's see what we can do like I wouldn't be here if it weren't for those people trusting me putting my name forward investing their time in me their energy in me and I mean as much as I can do all the work that I can if you don't have that support or those people around you cheering you on and believing in you, then it's very difficult to continue to do it. You know, you can stay disciplined and whatever it may be, but yeah, without those people around you, it would be very challenging. So I definitely, I know for a fact, I wouldn't be here if it weren't for them, for sure. And speaking of people that you wouldn't be here for, mum has obviously become a, a Twitter superstar. What yes. does she make of all of this? She's just the best human of all time, honestly. Like, uh, she is just so funny. So I actually, I FaceTimed her the other day and I was asking her like, so mom, do you know, like, do you know what Twitter is? And she was like, well, I know what it is, but I don't have, like, I don't have it on my phone. Like, I don't know how to get it. And I was like, you don't need to get it. <laughs> it's fine. You don't need to get it. But she, um, she thinks, I don't, I don't know if she actually understands like the gravity of it all, like how grand this whole thing is. Um, but she's super excited like she can you hear my dog drinking water right now <laughs> i'm just wondering if you could hear my dog who's about yeah, to appear yeah. as well no she's she's just like she's just the proudest mom like even when i was in high school and i was playing rugby then she uh would come to my games but never like she doesn't know the rules still she'd be super nervous because obviously it's a contact sport so like i'd be making tackles and she'd be like ah! but like now playing on like this stage she knows that that's huge, but I don't think in terms of like, yeah, yeah. She just woke up from a nap. Um, but in terms of like being selected for these teams and that like recognition, yeah, she's just the proudest mom human. She's just the best, like it's the best. Yeah, it's it's so good. And and I love hearing you talk. I, I talk about standing on the shoulders of people and we stand on the shoulders of the people that have helped us to, to get to wherever it is we are in life. And, and mum's obviously played a big part in that. I'm looking, there's another one. I'm looking forward to there being a camera there when she walks through the arrivals at Glasgow Airport oh, and sees you. Oh, yeah. you. 
you you're there head to toe in Scotland gear, singing Flower of Scotland with a, a bagpiper next to you as she walks in, give her a big hug. Oh, yeah, we're, we're looking forward to seeing your mum uh, in Scotland. Uh, as soon as she arrives, I'm coming to stand on the touchline next to her and yeah. I'll make an attempt at explaining the game to her, although I'm not sure I'll do a very, a very good job. Just get, her, get her a pint and she'll be happy. <laughs> Yeah. So, what is what does CB do when she's not doing long runs, sprint training, playing for Scotland, being a Twitter superstar, being yeah. selected in the imaginary Lions squad off the back of the Six Nations? What what, what else do, do you do? Well, after that, I'm probably going to need to have like a nice bowl of humble pie. Thank <laughs> you for that hype. Um, but I, so I run my own business called Strong Friends Club. So um, I work in the gym, but mostly online. And I mean, the sole purpose of Strong Friends Club and me as a coach is to put strength above all else. Like that's what I talk about all the time. Um, and it does really come from when I started rugby and realizing that being strong is more important than anything else, because I do have a lot of clients that come to me. I call them my strong friends. They come to me. Um, and a lot of the time our goal is to like get leaner, lose body fat, lose weight. Um, but I always like to shift the focus from an aesthetic goal to what your body can achieve, because I think it's way more important. It puts, it also shows your brain what you can do. And those things carry over into your day-to-day -day life. Like I wouldn't be like a strong, comp more confident person if it weren't for rugby. And I do think that getting strong in a gym environment or a team environment helps you carry those things into your day-to-day -day life, into your jobs, into your relationships. So, um, a lot of my days are spent either in the gym, coaching people how to deadlift, just getting super hyped. I get so pumped. I, I love my job. I have the best job in the world, honestly. Like seeing, seeing someone come in and learn how to do something that they didn't think they would be able to do makes me actually so pumped up. It's wild. Like seeing people be able to like, PB a deadlift or even just learn how to do a simple thing. Like I get ultra hyped. It's class. So that's really what my days are spent doing. Um, I also, I'm finishing my last year at college. So I'm doing sports therapy and I have a dog child. So her and I go for a lot of walks. Her name is honey. She's back to sleep on the couch. Now she's very high maintenance. No, she's not. Um, but yeah, it's, it's just a lot of like exercise, fun with friends. It's a good life. It's a good life. And I just, I would love to see you. It's like, oh no, here comes a crazy Canadian again. That's what it is. Uh, it, yeah. It, I'm in the gym. I'm I, tired and it's dark outside. And I'm here like, comes the friends. hyperactive, crazy, yeah. confident. Oh no, it's my strong friend. Oh no. Yeah. Good morning. I honestly, I wake up, I have a coffee. I'm just excited to be there. Like how lucky am I to have a job where I actually get to connect with the people that want to work with me, see them help i mean it it is changing lives you know like getting people healthier and feeling more confident and comfortable in their skin like that is life-changing and i love to see that like shift in people so if even if it means having to get up at 5 a.m when i get there and see them i'm so lucky i'm just excited to have fun they're like not so super excited about it because they're the ones that are doing like the heavy work. But I'm there being like, okay, grab a drink. Like, <laughs> it's, 
I'm annoying. I know that I, I love am. it. I love it. We need to we need to bottle you. We need to bottle it and sell it to someone. I don't well, know. CB again. Uh, I'm I struggle to keep this to 45 minutes. We're way 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 over the show. Uh, I have loved speaking to you, but the guests at the end are asked. The only bit I have scripted mm. is for you to finish the sentence, and I am intrigued as to how you're going to finish this off and i did give you a bit of time so yeah. I'm, I'm thinking this one's prepared so christine for you happiness is sitting in the sun in a beer garden with friends I'm, I'm not buying that for one it second. Is. You sitting still, no chance. I am well, not I mean, buying for the that. First pint, it's usually sitting. And then if there's music playing, maybe we'll do a shoulder jam. <laughs> Who knows? As the day wears on, that's why it's got to be sunny because then, yeah, whatever happens in the beer garden, in the sun. Yeah, I'm not, sure. I'm, I'm not sure you've chosen Glasgow because of sunshine and beer gardens. So, yeah, I'm not sure I'm buying that. Well, I've absolutely loved speaking to you. You are a bundle of positivity. Uh, we didn't know each other before. I, I'm I'm really honoured that you came on. So thank you for that. It was amazing to see your, your performances and then to get the, the acknowledgement of it and then to see your mum wade in just made it such a memorable time uh so thank you very much and i really hope to meet you in person very very soon thank you very much thank you so much for having me this has been so fun awesome catch you soon all the best cb see ya well uh if that doesn't make you smile then we need to make you an appointment with someone because she is all about positivity uh came to Scotland just because uh, ended up at a rugby club just because that's what you do. You go and you make some friends, you build some relationships, you share some experiences and you make memories that are going to last forever. And I reckon those memories are going to last forever. I have loved speaking to her and I've no doubt we're going to see and hear a lot more in the future. And I really hope we get to meet mum. If you've enjoyed it, please have a listen and a follow on Apple, Acast and Spotify. Subscribe and if you enjoy it, please leave a review. It would be awesome if we could use those to spread the word and get more people in and listening to what's going on. If you've got any suggestions for guests in the future, drop them in the comments and it would be great to try and hook some people up. You can also watch on YouTube and Facebook and leave your comments. It's always nice to read. Thank you to everyone who has sent in messages and left lovely comments it is hugely appreciated i am loving doing these podcasts and all with the support of my mate big handsome sean from fill your boots who is pushing the buttons and pulling the strings to make things happen and keep me right my name is bruce Aitchison. this is the happiness is podcast and my happiness is egg shaped i look forward to speaking to you again soon hello i'm mayhem hello i'm chaos and our happiness is egg shaped Happiness is egg-shaped and loves a circle with no end. No, he said happiness is egg-shaped. Hey, happiness is egg-shaped. Happiness is egg-shaped and loves a circle with no end. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods 
for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.